that, we always have to leave a little room for the mystery. Uh, you know, 13 times in the New Testament, it uses the, the word mystery. The mystery of the administration of the kingdom, the mystery of Christ. There's so much more than we can grasp. Why am I saying that? Because uh, we need to realize we don't know everything. <laughs> now, the fact that we don't know everything doesn't mean we don't know anything. But sometimes preachers tend to communicate in uh, superlatives that actually sound like that they've got it all figured out. This always works like this. But sometimes it doesn't. There's just a mystery of who God is. So I want to just admit it right up front, I don't have it all figured out. We're just trying to partner with him. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus 15. Is that the title, Russ, or have I got it all figured out? That's the title. <laughs> have I got it all figured out? That's what you'll remember. And I was uh, aware that <clears throat> there are some things that God does and we acknowledge that who he is based on his actions. But there's also some things he says about himself. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we say that God is a creator, which is true. He created. But he says other things about himself. This week I pulled some weeds. So you could say, I'm a weed puller. Not anymore. <laughs> My wife says there's a whole lot more. But I would probably describe myself as more of an equipper and an enhancer. Yes, I pulled weeds. But I think what God says about himself probably carries a little bit more weight in my thinking than what he does that we then say about him. He starts out by saying he's almighty. I was going to preach on all these, but I won't go through it. I, I want to get to another one. Then he says he's, I am who I am. He's sufficient. He's the Lord. He's Yahweh. But then in Chapter 15, verse 26, he says this, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. He says he's a healer. We say from his actions he's a creator, and he is, but he says... He's a healer. That's one of his revelations about himself. The writer of Psalm in 103 says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, 
Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Absolutely amazing that God reveals himself in a certain way. Interesting as well that that revelation is the first one with conditions. He basically says, live within my boundaries. Listen to me. I found it interesting. Mary's been reading through the Bible in 40 days. No. <laughs> She's been attempting to, to read through the Bible in 40 days. Our daughter-in-law in the States is doing that. And so Mary started it. And she was reading. So I've kind of, I never committed to do that because I figured I'd never get it done. <laughs> Maybe 80 days or 120 days. But I was reading here and then I went on. And I was surprised how many times in Leviticus it talks about how we live. It talks about things like diet and uh, recognizing God's holy and all kinds of things that you would think if God says, I'm the healer, then he would just heal. No matter what we do. Wouldn't you think that? But he doesn't. He does heal. But there's also something in it of our part which is quite interesting. Jesus is the expression of God, the fullness of God. I'm going to jump. I'm all over the place. I, like I said, I planned something and then it's gone a different direction. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You guys all know this because you've read it before. It says, this is the word that they were preaching, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus Christ, Christ means anointed one. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. When, the whole, when Jesus lives within us, one of the songs we sang, one of the words shared this morning at prayer time, there's the anointing. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there's an anointing who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There seems to be something of the supernatural of God. So when Jesus preached, first thing he preaches is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter four and verse 17 and 23, Jesus went about all Galilee preaching, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He's declaring the presence, the rule of God has come and therefore this God who is a healer demonstrates that rule through the supernatural healing. It's almost as if the gospel can't be communicated without there being supernatural healing because it's who God is. It's who he is. He says, he's a, a healer. When we declare the kingdom of God has come, the rule, authority, the power has, of God has come, it's demonstrated with deliverance and, he, and healing. A good God, his rule different than the rule of the enemy. 
a good, loving God who comes, he's the good one who heals. The enemy deceives. He steals. He kills. He destroys. The, the demonstration of a new rule is breaking in is, is confirmed with this good God showing himself doing something only he can do. Are you still with me? So Jesus sends his disciples, we've, we've read it a number of times, he gives them power and authority and sends them to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He says, declare the kingdom of God has come and heal the sick and cast out demons. I was thinking about that this week and I thought, Lord, is it actually that simple? Wherever we go, we carry the presence of God because we're full of his spirit. Wherever we go, the kingdom of God has come. Could it be as simple as saying, the kingdom of God is here. Be healed. Be delivered. A new rule of God is breaking in. Could it be that simple? I was thinking about that. Every time we declare the kingdom of God is here, we're declaring it for ourselves. I'm submitted to his rule. Every time we declare it, we're declaring his presence in us. Jesus, who is the anointed one, and the spirit of God who anointed him is in us. Okay. Still with me. That was all the introduction. Now turn with me to uh, 2 Timothy. Chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul's writing here to Timothy, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. Therefore, I remind you. Therefore, based on everything we've just talked about, the presence of God, the rule of God coming, therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God that is within you. That gift of God, let me, I'll get there in a second. Stir up literally means fan into flame. Fan into flame, the gift of God that is within you. The gift of God there is referring to the Holy Spirit. It's not referring to a gift, find your gift, and then stir it up. It's actually referring to the Holy Spirit who was imparted through the laying on of hands. So he's saying, stir up the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's within you. Therefore, reminded you of all that we've just talked about, God breaking in, stir up. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. Great, God, give me power. And then he says to Timothy, stir up. There seems to be this part that God does and part that we do. Galatians chapter 6. Oh, actually, no, what, sorry. Go to uh, Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. It says, do not quench the spirit. Stir up. The Spirit of God, do not quench the Spirit. Do you see there's something happening there? 
Galatians. I'm all over the place today because I'm going to blame the Holy Spirit on this. He's stirring up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. It's in my Bible somewhere. It's already up on the overhead, isn't it? I feel really foolish because it takes me so long to get there. It says this, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. There's something about sowing to the Spirit. There's something about stirring up the Spirit of God within you. There's something of our part Not quenching the spirit, but stirring it up. One more. Revelation. Chapter 3. Verse 14. And to the angel of the church at Laodicea. Right. Verse 15. I know your works that you're neither hot nor cold. I could wish you were hot or cold. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, or naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire. Fan into flame the Holy Spirit that's within you. How easy is it for us to become lukewarm? I'm not as bad as some people. I might be a little bit like the world, but I'm not really like the world. But I'm not as on fire as those zealous people. I'm just kind of content. Because you think, you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. What's the Holy Spirit saying this morning? I think to us he's saying stir up. Fan into flame. Keep moving forward. Don't settle down and say I've got enough. I'm content. I'm not as bad as some people. I'd rather be a little bit like the world. I'd rather pursue some of the things of the world but not too much. But I don't don't really want to be on fire. And the Holy Spirit says, fan into flame. Stir up the Holy Spirit who's within you. In this season, in this time, for what God's doing in the earth today, don't say, I've come far enough. I've settled down. Could it be as simple as simply saying the kingdom of God has come? 
How do you stir up the Holy Spirit? Some of you are asking yourself that. How do I stir up the Spirit? I'm not sure I know. This is where mystery comes in. (laughs) I think part of it is in worship. There's something of the Spirit of God stirred up as we worship Jesus, as we acknowledge him. There's something of us aligning ourselves with the Spirit of God. It's not trying to get the Spirit of God to do something. It's aligning ourselves with what he's already doing. So worship is part of that. Prayer goes with that, coming into his presence, meeting with him, spending time with him, but praying what's on his heart. There's something of praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude talks about building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. There's something about praying in the Holy Spirit that aligns us, that stirs up the the Spirit within us. But there's also something else. And that something else is not very popular to preach today. That something else is called holiness. He's the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit, but stir up the Spirit. How do we quench the Spirit? When we become like the world rather than following Jesus. When we compromise, when we say, I can have a little bit of this and a little bit, I'll have a little bit of God and a little bit of the world, and I'll kind of be in the middle and I'll say, hey, I'm comfortable. I've got enough. We can convince ourselves why we do that. I want to be relevant. I want people to not be uncomfortable when they're around me, so I'll be a bit like what they are. And the Holy Spirit's saying, fan into flame. Last song we sang, Spirit Break Out. It's a wonderful song. There was something of the move of God amongst us. There was something of encountering his presence. We're going to do that again. But it's with this understanding. Spirit break out. Is God break out in me? We were praying this week. We had a a prayer time in our home, but also some uh, church that we, Mary and I have known in the state of Washington uh, decided that they wanted to pray with us, so we had a Zoom time, and they prayed with us and for us as a church. And in that, there was something of a stirring of the Spirit in young people, but especially young men. There's something of God's heart saying, young men, will you say, fan into flame. Paul's writing to Timothy, who was a young man at the time. And he's saying, Fan into flame the spirit of God within you. Don't be cold. Be hot. If you're cold, at least you acknowledge you're cold and you can become hot. But when you're lukewarm, you say, well, I'm not terribly cold. I might not be terribly hot either, but I'm something. Let me ask you, is the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart this morning?
We're going to ask the, uh, the worship team to come back. Of course you can. Yeah, this morning um, I was looking through Facebook, which you shouldn't do on a Sunday morning, but I did. And someone asked the question, you know, as you get older, what are you liking less? And I just quickly scrolled through it. There were hundreds of answers. The most common one was um, people. And I just realized, you know, for the Spirit of God to move through us and in us the way we want Him to, we can't like less, we can't like people less. That actually, when the Spirit of God lives in us, He loves people. He loves all sorts of people. People that are the same as us and people that are very, very different than us. You know, we often talk in this church about the two wings of the plane, the Word of God, the truth, which we love, and the Holy Spirit, which is the other wing, that we love the Spirit of God. And the Spirit and truth work together to get the plane off ground. But what's in the plane? There are people in the plane. And people that are meant to be on the plane that aren't yet. So I would say, as the Spirit moves, let's ask the Lord also about where's our love for people. And ask the Holy Spirit to baptize us afresh in His love for people. Yes. Thank you, I'm going to ask you if you'd stand. I'm going to ask you if you would, as we sing this, it's such a, a wonderful expression of the big picture, what God's doing. And as we were singing earlier, I was praying, God, would you break out in our city and in our nation and in the nations of the earth? I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, yeah, stir up the Holy Spirit within you. Stir up the Holy Spirit within you. Maybe you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can this morning. We'll give you an opportunity later on. But for all of us, as we worship, there's something of us saying, God, I'm aligning myself with you. I'm stepping in step with your spirit. If the Holy Spirit begins to speak with you about lukewarmness and the things that you've been doing that are aligning with the world, just repent not a major thing. You just align yourselves with Him. Can we do that? Mm-hmm.